I'm Brad Spencer, your host, and welcome back to The Faith Connection, where we're, we're teaching on the subject, a word from God. And we said, you know, one word from God can absolutely change your life. Just one word. One word from God can cause a miracle. One word from God can cause healing to come where, the, where sickness has been. And we mentioned the fact that there are two different kinds of word when we look into to the Koine Greek language. First is the Logos. And the Logos is the written word. This is the written word of God. And thank God for it. Second, we find the word rhema. And the word rhema means a spoken word. Now, it's interesting to note that from the beginning of the church age, the believers went 17 years without a New Testament until Paul began to write his epistles, which we call the Pauline epistles. But all they had for 17 years were rhema words, but thank God they were words from God. But thank God we have the written word. This is the logos of God. It is inspired of God. It is God-breathed. It's filled with life and faith and everything that you need. And remember, we made the statement that the spoken word will always, and I mean always, be in agreement with the written word. Now, if you receive any kind of word on the inside, or if somebody gives you a word and it doesn't agree with the logos, get rid of it. And But sometimes a word may come and it's not a word that you could uh, say is contrary to the logos of the written word. It, it's, it's just that type of word. And, and you can't prove it one way or the other. Put it on a shelf. Just put it on the shelf. And remember this too, that when somebody gives you a word, a spoken word, and uh, it's foreign to you, most, most of the time, a word comes by way of proving itself to you. It's, it's going to be in agreement with you. You know, it's just confirming what you already know. Uh, that, that happens most of the time. Sometimes you may receive a word and it's foreign to you. Maybe you just hadn't been listening. Put it on the shelf. God doesn't mind confirming it. The, the next rule with receiving a word from God, from somebody else, is that God's never going to use somebody that is under your authority or under your spiritual growth to give you a word, especially if it's a word that's going to change your life. He, he works by types and levels of authority. When a personal word comes to you, it's going to be lateral to you, or it's going to be from someone who is above you in authority. If he does, because there are limited people, use someone under your authority, they won't even know they're being used by God. They'll just say something, and all of a sudden you'll pick up on it, and you'll know that that's a confirmation to what you already have in your spirit, they won't realize it. So God has a protocol in giving a word. But, you know, we said God is still speaking today. He's still speaking. He still has words. And there are certain things that we can't find in our Bibles. Um, under the prayer of dedication and consecration, where you say, Lord, I'm willing to go anywhere you want me to go. I'm willing to do anything you want me to do. And But you can't go and find chapter and verse 
I mean, you go to Mark 16, find out, go, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, and, but you won't find a specific location according to the plan that God has for you. So you're going to have to pray, and when God speaks, guess what? He's not going to speak into your head. He's going to speak into your spirit, the, the real you, your spirit man. God is a spirit. He's going to speak spirit to spirit, and you'll just have to learn to be sensitive to his voice and isn't it wonderful that Jesus said in John 10, 10, my sheep hear my voice. So you and I have available to us the voice of the good shepherd. We should be able to hear from him. I remember when I started out as a believer and I heard people say, well, God spoke to me. God said this to me. I thought, boy, isn't that interesting for God to speak to you? I said, well, I want him to speak to me, but I wasn't hearing anything. And so I, I began saying, well, I can't hear the voice of God. I can't hear his voice. I can't hear his voice. Well, how many, how many of you know you're going to have what you say? And it was working perfectly for me. I wasn't hearing his voice, and I was declaring <clears throat> that I couldn't hear his voice. So I didn't hear his voice. So now I'd build up a wall where that was concerned. And the moment I realized that, I said, oh, my goodness, I'm over here I'm wanting to hear the voice of, of the good shepherd, but I'm declaring that I can't hear his voice. I need to stop saying that and get in agreement with him. So I started saying, I hear the voice of the good shepherd. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I'm one of his, so I hear his voice. Even though I wasn't up until that point. Guess what? In less than a week, I began to hear the voice of God in my spirit. And thank God I've been hearing it ever since. Only now, today, I'm so intimate with his voice. His voice is above any other voice. I know his voice. And the more you hear it, the more accurate you become in, in your sensitivity level to the voice of God. So thank God, especially in these last days, we need to be hearing his voice. You know, when we're ministering to people, we need to hear his voice. What, what is he saying and what do we need to do? So even though I can't find chapter and verse for that, I can hear on the inside. And the word of God is always foundational. And the rhema and the logos always agree. I want to back up and review just a minute to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. Paul, in writing to Timmy, Timothy, says, This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you. Now, <clears throat> no doubt Paul had given some prophecies over Timothy. But I want you to notice what he says about these prophecies. And a prophecy is spoken words from God that by them, the prophecies, you may fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience. So the prophecies, Paul is saying, Timothy, are weapons as far as you're concerned. Prophecies are weapons. So when you're fighting the good fight of faith, and to fight the good fight of faith is a fight that you win, and it's not a physical fight. It's a, it's a fight that you win by words. 
any word from God now becomes a weapon. You know, if, if you're sick and he says, by my stripes you were healed, and you can pick up on the written word and do the same thing because it's been prophesied as well. You can, you can take this written word or a spoken word and you can rise up and say, glory be to God, I'll live and not die. Cancer must bow its knee. Tumors must bow its knee. Every sickness and every disease must bow its knee in the name of Jesus for himself took my infirmities, carried away my diseases and by whose stripes I was healed. And if I was, glory be to God, then I am. See, the word, whether it's the logos or the rhema word, has now become a weapon. So utilizing and proclaiming the word <clears throat> is a powerful weapon that will defeat whatever you're dealing with. It'll defeat debt. You can say, debt, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. My God supplies all of my needs. And now what you just said, you have weaponized your fight and you can win that fight. Amen. And we know it's a weapon. So go to with me to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. And we come to find here Paul in talking about the, the putting on the whole armor of God. He says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the word of God is as a sword. And we said, Paul, in describing this sword, which was a Roman soldier's armor, it was a machaira specifically. And the machaira or the Roman soldier's sword was about 18 inches long. It was a two-edged sword. It had a tightly uh, bound sheath. And so you know what leather does with keeping a blade sharp. The more they used it, the sharper it became. The same is true. The more we use the word of God, the sharper we become in using it. Glory to God. <clears throat> and instead of the Romans having a huge barbarian sword that they had to swing, pull back and swing. Listen, if they were fighting the Romans, they just simply pulled out their machaira and just stuck them with it, you know, while they were rearing back with a barbarian sword. So it was a very effective sword. And that's what we have. We have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I tell you what, this, what a powerful weapon this is against the kingdom of darkness, against mountains and storms, circumstances, anything that is, has come up against you that you've got to defeat. And it's not one where you're out doing a physical fight, man. The fight is in what you say. It's in what you speak. Amen. All right. Look with me, if you would, please, in Matthew chapter 8. We're going to see this again. It's a weapon. Matthew's gospel, chapter 8, and verse 16. And when evening had come, they brought to him, Jesus, many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. Now, here they're bringing these people to Jesus to have demon spirits. And listen, there are demonic issues today. They are all over the world. Lots of people have company other than 
themselves. There's, when, when you look into someone's eyes, and we know that the eyes are the window to the soul. I tell you, there's some people you look right into their window and, and there's stuff looking back at you and you know they have company. People have demonic issues. They open up doors that allow evil spirits to come in. And down through the years, you know, I've cast out my share of them. Every believer needs to be very proficient in casting out devils. And I, I think we're seeing more people with demonic issues in this day and time than we've ever seen on planet Earth. And we all need to be ready and prepared to deal with it. <clears throat> but, you know, it's, it's not difficult. Jesus simply casts them out. You don't have to play games with them. You, don't, you certainly don't carry on a conversation with a demon. And, and they like to talk. I remember one case, some demon said through the person, well, you can't cast me out. She wants to keep me. Now, you can cast it out. Tell that thing to shut up. That was usually the communication that Jesus had. Shut up and come out. And the reason we can do that is that we have authority in the name of Jesus. And we have been given the name of Jesus. Acts 4.12 says, uh, there's been given no other name but at the name of Jesus whereby we shall be saved. There is no other name given. The name has been given to you and I. You and I have power of attorney. Now, power of attorney is where you give the right to utilize your name to someone else. Now, a number of years ago when I was doing a lot of traveling, I went and had a power of attorney drawn up and I gave it to my wife. So basically, my name, Brad H. Spencer, I gave that name to her and she had the right to use my name at her discretion. Now, you'd have to be very careful with the power of attorney. The truth of the matter is I could have gone off to Africa or India or somewhere and I could have come back and she could have sold my vehicle. She could have sold the house. She could have done anything she wanted to. All she had to do was attach that document, that power of attorney to, to whatever transition she was dealing with or transaction. So um, she had that authority. She had that right because I gave it to her. <clears throat> and uh, that's exactly what Jesus did. He gave us the right to use his name. And guess what? With the power of attorney that I gave my wife, it was the same as if I had been there and signing my name to the document. In fact, I had. It was, it was, it was done previously, and the right was there to do as she willed. And the same is true. We have the name of Jesus. Think about it. Demons tremble at the mention of that name. Well, I'll tell you what, they'll tremble when we use that name, praise God. Because they have to exit stage left when they are told to. But now let's look at this. And they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. Man, he just spoke a word. And those things came out. Glory be to God. 
And you can see it time and time again. That's not the only thing he did. But, you know, we don't have a ministry of casting out devils. Some people say they do. Really, they don't. Guess what? We're all in the ministry. And casting out demons is something that we do on occasion. I remember one time I was in Africa, Kenya, Africa, and uh, we were in the city of Nakuru, and there was a little girl who came up, and she said through the uh, interpreter that since she was 12 years old, she'd had these demons. And then when these demons would manifest, they would make her cluck like a chicken and bark like a dog. And, and her, her parents had taken her to every kind of meeting, every kind of church, even taken her to the witch doctor everywhere. And the girl could get no help at all. Finally, she got married. I mean, in Kenya, they use the dowry system. I'm sure she didn't go for much, bless her heart. How would you like to be walking down the street, down the street with your wife, and she starts clucking and barking? But now he's thinking about, you know, putting her away because of her activity. Well, I don't know whether it was righteous indignation or I just got mad about it or both. But I reached over and grabbed a hold of her and I commanded that demon to come out in the name of Jesus. Well, it just threw her to the ground and she's wallowing around in the, in the, in the dirt and making dust and I just went on ministering to other people. Then notice later, she'd gotten up, the demon was gone. They had led her in the sinner's prayer. She'd been saved and she was filled with the spirit. Well, we built a church in that city and the last I'd heard, she's still in that church to this day. So we certainly have the power to cast out devils. But Jesus cast them out with the word and healed all who were ill in order that that which was spoken through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Now, the way I'm led by the Spirit of God today is right along this same line. If you are having demonic issues right now in your life, I want to minister to you. Now, you need to be responsible. You need to get in your Bible afterwards. You need to be in church. But the power to set you free is here. So if you've had any kind of issues demonically whatsoever because of a door that you've opened and closed that door right after we do this. But I'm going to speak a word to you and you're going to be set free. Now, those of you who have demonic issues, I speak in the name of Jesus and I command this demon to come out right now, come out of them in Jesus' name and don't you ever come back. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And Father, I thank you that they're set free right now. Makes no time, uh, makes no matter about time or distance. They're set free in Jesus' name. Amen. So please, you know, communicate with us. You can go to hisimageministries.faith and let us know that you got set free or previously you've been born again because you prayed the sinner's prayer. If you're local uh, to the Hickory area, we want to invite you and your family to His Image Ministries. We want you to come. We, we have ministry for your whole family, and you'll be glad you did. We're going to teach you how to walk by faith. Well, I see our time has slipped away from us, but just remember, 
Like always, we're here to help you make your faith connection today. Mm -hmm.